Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast, your source of accountability, inspiration, and motivation to become your best and reach your fullest potential every day. Our motto, it's simple, to use our determination to crush our everyday leadership tasks so that we dominate in our delivery of services and products to our clients and achieve victory and personal growth, profitability, and creating environments for those around us to prosper. Let's get this show started. Welcome back to the Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast. I am your host, Elena, and I'm so excited to welcome back to the podcast, Justin Bizarro. Welcome, Justin. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. We're happy to have you back on the podcast. I'm happy to be back. Awesome. So today we're going to dive into another question topic like we did in our last episode. And today, the question we're going to cover together is, where do you feel that leadership is best developed? So I'm going to leave that open-ended. I'm going to let you just dive in and we'll see where we, where we go with the conversation today. I mean, I think honestly, um, I mean, it's developed. I mean, if, if we really want to be stewards of leadership, I mean, we have to start with our children right immediately. And I don't, you know, what does that look like? Um, what does leadership actually look like? I think is really what it comes down to and how do we develop that leadership? Um, the ability to make decisions, the ability to um, be a self-starter, the ability to lead through crisis um, or good and bad times, you know, and what does that look like? Um, I don't know. Like we could argue it a million ways, but I think the first step is we develop it as kids. I think whether it's, organized sports, um, clubs, uh, music, however that looks, the ability um, to become leaders mean we have to be put in leadership positions. It also means there has to be a leader every once in a while or in the classroom. You can't have a winner of everything all the time because then you don't have leaders, I think. Um, Yet we still have grades and stuff. So in a way, we have academic leaders. So I think that, you know, it doesn't necessarily come in any way, shape, or form. Um, but I think that chores, um, taking ownership, um, things like that help develop leadership at a young age, honestly. Uh, I think it's um, a lot of people do that, especially the more responsibility they have at a younger age. You know, we people talk about paper routes or their side hustles or getting a job or having to work. I think it's, you know, it's one of those things that you want to do. You want to take on those things. I think that's what leaders do. They take on challenges. So getting used to being uncomfortable, how do you do that with your kids? You know, I don't know exactly, but it's something like, you know, yes, you know, you don't want their life to be uncomfortable, but at the same time, creating too much comfort, you know, doesn't exactly give them the ability to learn how to lead through uncomfortable situations, you know, or during times of crisis. So it's like finding that balance, you know, as anything. So gosh, books, you know, I think there's children's books that are out there. Uh, Andy Frisella, Jocko Willink, they have a lot of books that I think help develop leadership qualities 
um, or entrepreneurship qualities, um, which can sometimes go hand in hand. So I think that if we really dive into schools, like at the fundamental basis, we don't teach leadership as a class in our elementary schools or from an early on age or what it means to be leaders or lead a group. Um, so I feel that that's probably something we could do better, a better job, at least in the United States um, as a society for sure. So best developed. I mean, when it's less fear, why do we teach kids at such a young age? They're more, you know, you're more formidable in the developing growth years, right? You, you know, but at the same time, instead of, you know, also, you know, narrowing down our lives, we could open them up by, you know, leadership based things. I, you know, Montessori schools, I believe do like project led things and tasks like that. I'm not 100% positive. Uh, so I can't speak from a position of expertise, but those type of things, how do we get children to lead projects to, to lead things in their schools? We talk about student council and stuff like that, but you know, do we put enough emphasis on it? Um, do we make sure that there's enough leadership opportunities for everyone to sort of lead in a way, you know, and I don't know what that looks like and I'm not an educator, but I just, um, I can't say, but I, I would think that that's a good place to start. Um, but the best place is obviously if each of us who are trying to be leaders ourselves are also taking the same stuff we're trying to do as leaders and bringing it into our homes right and into our families because that's where it's best developed is in the next generation you know we should continue to develop at leaders to be the best us to lead our generation but we should also be aware that the best place it's developed is from the moment that person's born you know the influence there and i think as entrepreneurs as businesses as government employees doesn't really matter as anywhere in an organization we've talked about on the previous podcast is you're in a position to lead. So, you know, what's a differentiator? There's how many doctors, there's how many nurses, there's how many schools for business, there's how many blah, blah, blah. But a leadership quality, self-starter, you know, less fear-based because there's logic and the balance of emotion, which is required to be a leader because you have to understand people's emotions in order to lead them. But you also have to weigh logic and the overall outcome in the future you know, and be able to pause long enough to pick your head up to lead. So how do you teach us sports? I know from my own personal experience, so I, I can't say about other things. And for me, I'm a, a male and I went to an all boys Catholic school from seventh grade to 12th grade. So, you know, my leadership base was more male oriented in a lot of ways or, and embracing masculinity and femininity um, as two very beautiful things. So I believe that also within femin femininity and masculinity is leadership-based qualities too that need to be embraced within those particular groups and support groups, women supporting women, men supporting men in those leadership efforts, especially at younger ages, which is why I think team sports actually unknowingly promote that is the leadership, the, the going to sports, the accountability, the being on time, you know, all of those things teach skills that it requires to be a leader because overall you're teaching your kids to be on time. 
they're they're getting the sports they're they're learning how to lead at sports maybe they're they're getting better at it they're training to be better on their team maybe all of those things are happening but those are all things necessary to be a leader too because you're going to have losing matches you're going to have winning matches but as long as you're progressing and moving forward and inspiring those around you to do the same you know those leadership's qualities are or balance there um i mean i could keep going i don't i want to give you any give you some time to interject elena if you wanted to yeah that's all so helpful and i definitely think that you know in those childhood years and early education you can really refine and first to discover then really build on and refine those characteristics that you need to to be a leader but do you think that you know let's say there's someone who didn't have you know, the same opportunities. I'm reading a book right now called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I don't know if you've heard of it or if you've read it. It's it's awesome. Um, And so it's just really eye-opening that, you know, the experiences we have as children and the opportunities and the influences can really shape us in who we become um, in our adult years. And so do you think, you know, someone who's not given the same opportunities or doesn't have the same role models, et cetera, has the same, you know, shot at, becoming a leader in their adult life? Um, Yes and no. Um, I think some of it depends on on the person and what they're willing to do and and sort of the hunger. I think there's, though there's a smaller percentage, but the people that just work their way out of really horrible circumstances, no matter how bad the influences are. I think there are those people. I think we hear about them. I think they're rare just because it is so difficult without given opportunity to do that. Um, so to answer the question, um, the key is, is to, is exposure like anything else. How do you, build a well-rounded child or leader, in my opinion, exposure to multiple cultures, exposure to multiple foods, exposure to different leadership styles, because each person leads in their own way. So overall, as humans, I mean, we talk a lot about, I'll talk a lot about what's a person's personality versus someone's behavior. Like, you know, we get in a lot of it, we fight about personality, but really, all we're trying to do is behave in a way that's beneficial for everyone, especially our children and future generations, which is how do you have a better planet, better government, which requires better leaders. So no matter what your opinion is uh, or where you sit on what issues or beliefs or where your personality stands, there should be leadership behaviors in every person to be able to stick up for what they believe in or go the right direction. And it very well likelihood that a majority of the people could disagree with me, but I may still have to lead through that. And that's a hard circumstance in today's world where peer pressure is a thing and conformity is a thing as it's always been, you know, so without making sure leadership is continually pushed and in the forefront, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know how you continue to grow as a society, as as a country, as a world, as a globe, I, you know, it's one of those things where um, there has to be something that unifies all of us. I talk about food, 
because food and beverage, we all have to eat and drink. It seems pretty simple that every human has to do that or every animal on the planet. So it's a pretty win easy behavioral thing right there that we all have in common that really breaks down things to a simple fact, you know, and it's the same with leadership. Everything we do in life for the human race to move forward or the planet to grow requires leadership, doctors, conservation, conservationists, um, you know, the National Park Service employee, the person, wherever it is, your position's important for society in some way, or important, hopefully, when actually led properly the growth of other people, or the planet, or future generations. But when that leadership is there as a fundamental quality and core value, you know, across all of it, just like the 12 core values we talk about, then, you know, we have progress. Then it's less about, you know, leading by harm or leading by bad ways, you know, or fear. We're giving people the ability to lead through inspiration, motivation, and we're teaching it. So by the time we get to adults, we're not leading through fear tactics or unsure how to lead when we get into business or whatever it is, it's something that just we develop. And are we born with it? Like I said, there's probably a very small percentage of people that it comes naturally to. Um, the rest of us, we have to work at it, you know? Of course, that's very helpful. And I think that makes a lot of sense of how, you know, everyone is born with these qualities and, you know, some sort of leadership quality, but it's just those opportunities to refine it um, in the right ways is very important. Yeah. And I think that, um, I mean, I think the universities and stuff offer courses. I think probably peer groups are a way to get, do leadership roles. I think uncomfortable situations, um, public speaking for a lot of people is a singular thing, but it definitely helps with leadership skills, um, and comfortability. You know, I did it more through podcasting, um, and then just talking when I had to uh, at work or when no one else would for functions or volunteer for leadership positions, I would just take them. I think that's a really great way to become a leader or get the skills, even though you may not have it, volunteer for it. You know, hey, I'm new at this. I just help me ask questions. You know, I think make the mistakes on the front side versus the back side you know, learn on the front side as a leader, not on the backside. That's leadership skills in and of itself to admit what you don't know. You know, so there's a lot of that, you know, it depends on who you are and what you want your leadership skills to be, I guess, and what your core values are as a family. But I mean, let's break it down even further. I mean, as adults, I think we should go out of our norm and, and play sports or do things and push ourselves into leadership or uncomfortable positions or coaching our children, but do it not only from teaching them a sport, but actually leading them, you know, mm -hmm. giving them skills to, you know, not just play that sport, but a lifetime set of skills, you know, a lifetime teacher while you have it, while you have the influence. So I think there's that. Um, but I think we, as adults, it's just reading, you know, we talk a lot about it. It's going out there and volunteering, um, putting yourself in positions to lead, um, but also willing to be led. 
I think has a huge part of it. And then even as in our younger years, you know, teaching that leadership and what it means. And when someone takes a leadership role, you know, how that matters or what we can do when we are being led, I think is a big part of leadership as well, because how can you lead if you don't actually understand how to be led? You know, I think it's a big part. What inspires you? What motivates you? What are the people that led you in your life? So if you don't actually ever be led, you can't identify the leadership skills necessarily. So where is it best developed? I would guess daily. Um, really, if you really think about it, it's what do I do with my day? You know, how am I leading forward? What am I doing with my time? Definitely. You know, you know, and I'm not saying you can't sit down and watch a show with your family or have family time and watch Netflix and laugh um, and lead in that way. But, you know, is it, how is it family time? Is it something you do together? Is it on cell phones? Do cell phones come to dinner? You know, those are all things that I think that what are the examples we set, you know, where the leadership skills we're training from the very beginning, you know, what are the hardships we're going through now to prepare for later? Because if we do them now or we do them younger, they're a lot easier when we get older. Definitely. And I think a few things that I wanted to comment on from what you said was putting yourself in leadership positions and that plays off onto my next point. So I was going to ask you just as a leader yourself, and obviously you have been in leadership roles throughout your life for someone who may be new to trying to develop themselves and is you know diving into personal development and tuning into things like Centurion leadership battalion content and other leadership academies and schools and social media pages, things like this. What are some resources either online or different books that you would recommend? What are some tangible things we can give people who are listening uh, to really go dive into after they hear this and they're fired up to go develop some more leadership skills? What are some things you'd recommend? I mean, I think Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink is probably one of the best books on leadership because it teaches the ownership aspect of it. Um, it's a little bit military based, um, but it does sort of break down those skills. He gives a list of them, but you can then break them down into anything in life, whether it's business or sports or whatever. I think that's a good book on leadership. I think Relentless by uh, Tim Grover, if I've got it correctly. I'm terrible with names sometimes, but that book, it just teaches what relentlessness in what extreme leadership takes in sports. Um, and it's not always about being liked by everyone. And just because everyone doesn't like you doesn't mean you're not leading them. And I don't mean it in a bad way. I mean, leaders are the ones who push people in uncomfortability also. And I often at food service partners, this is a hard thing because there are sometimes where they're like, why are we doing this? there's probably a better way to do it. And I'm like, well, we've just got to get used to doing it this way on something simple. So when we have to do it, when something hard comes in, we're already used to expanding in this direction or adding shifts in this way. So the leadership's got to be leading where he's preparing everyone in advance. If you were on a Navy ship or submarine, you would do drills all the time, right? That's preparing, you know, that's leadership seeing that there could be an issue down the road. So they're preparing for that issue where it's becoming habit. Um, 
I think, so that's where the military thing is. I think anytime you develop habits like an atomic habit book or I can't remember the other book, I think maybe it's called the power of habits. It's a little bit older. It's a yellow cover. Um, and I can't remember the author's name of either book, but the point being is what we don't realize is that leadership is the ability to be creative and, and dream and set high goals and get up to evangelical heights with our message and get people to believe it. You know, how we do that as a leader, whether we abuse that privilege or we use it for the greater good, um, and we, we do it as what's beneficial for me or we do it what's beneficial for the whole and let the whole be a part of it is a lot. You know, I think leadership and entrepreneurship are all on the good side. If you take dictatorship, despotism, you know, yes, they led people by definition, but I wouldn't call it leadership. I think it's, it's the wrong use of the word because leadership should have a positive outcome and, and we should use the word as such. If it's not, you know, we should find a better word when people lead people to do the wrong thing, you know, a better word, because while they are leading and they show leadership qualities, um, it is not leadership, at least by my definition. Um, and I don't think, I think we should be clear on, on what words mean what and, and give them very distinct language when it comes to this. So that being said, um, building habits were a reflection of that. And if we lead by example, people see that and are attracted to those habits and those habits form structure in our life. So we can be creative. So we can stand up at evangelical height because creativity is also done within structure, you know? So as long as you allow it, as long as you don't restrict it, um, I think there's um, difference between control and boundaries and within boundaries, there is creativity leading in the family is creating those boundaries for your kids so they're not so controlled but there's boundaries so they don't kill anyone or themselves or damage themselves or something too badly um but also knowing that you may have to be uncomfortable as a parent to let them go into their uncomfortable place and maybe both of you learn and learn from a leadership standpoint you know i don't know it's certainly happened to me with stepchildren, so. Awesome. I think that's all really helpful for those who are listening and great resources for them to share. But I agree that people have an advantage as parents or, you know, raising others or being around children and in these leadership roles with the younger generation because you really get to you know, be an example of those traits and those characteristics. And I totally agree with, with all of that. So, and I think yeah. too, like you pointed out there, even if you don't have those same role models growing up, you have so many opportunities at your fingertips to, you know, wake up one day and decide, I want to build on these skills. I want to become a leader. I want to do this and I want to, you know, achieve more and not be mediocre. Uh, there's plenty of time for opportunity, even if you didn't grow up with it. Yeah, and I want to give a few more books because I think they're important. There's the Tony Heish book. I can never say his last name right, but it's the Zappos uh, book that he wrote. I believe it's Zappos, uh, something about happiness. That's a really good leadership book and what he went through. And um, he just passed away, so it's kind of sad. He, um, so my prayers to his family for sure. But that book, like, 
you know, Delivering Happiness, I believe is the name of the book. And it's about building Zappos. It's an incredible book um, on leading a company through a situation or what it takes the long-term determination to lead. Um, Because often leaders aren't in the seconds, they're in the years. And so, um, and they're often not realized until reflection, not during the time. And so I think that's a lot of what we have to understand is that you're not going to be recognized as a leader or a great leader at the time, and maybe not even while you're alive. So the point of doing it is what we're talking about is to give back to that next generation or a better future generations, period. So I think that, you know, the books like that are important, seeing what companies like that do to build leadership programs in their company, like Zappos did. Um, and um, I want to give a couple more books just because Leadership, I think it's John Maxwell. Um, that's a great one. And he has two books that are back to back on leadership. I can't remember what the next one is. One's blue, one's red, but they're right there. And they're both around that Leadership book. Um, both books are incredible on leadership, uh, in my opinion. Uh, Tony Hawk, Unlikely CEO, phenomenal book from a leadership standpoint of an entrepreneurial standpoint. He took something that was a new sport that was different, that no one thought would be worth anything and created a business career and has led future generations to have the same careers that he did. Um, You know, if you look at certain artists or people, Dr. Dre, he, one of the things he loves is he talks about getting young blacks out of poverty, right? He knows what it was like to struggle. So his whole goal while he's wealthy and making great music is also to give everyone all the opportunity he had and more. So you've got to go reach back into where you come from and come out. I mean, that's part of leadership and, and finding those individuals that do that or the podcasts of people that do that. Like, Real leaders are the ones who are, are leading for the time that they're not here. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, getting our kids to lead, to understand leadership that in, your, in our family, whether they're older brothers or older sisters or planning vacations. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm going to keep going here. I know we're trying to go shorter, but I think it's just such an important thing that we really every opportunity we have is is them to lead is for us to lead you know i think often we want to give people answers versus asking questions to help people get to answers on their own and same with our children you know they can figure it out but if we let them lead themselves to the answer then we're preparing them for leadership versus us giving it to them you know, so that's my soapbox for today. Thanks for giving it to me, Elena. I guess I got pretty wound up on that one. I think that's awesome. The, the passion behind everything that you're sharing and continue to create with, you know, Centurion Battalion and just all these opportunities for others to, to get involved. I think we make it very easy for people to be inspired and have, you know, enough information um, to build off of. So all these books are very helpful and I'll definitely be linking those up into the description so that others can check them out and find the links to those. So thank you so much just for giving this time uh, and energy into delivering this information and I really appreciate it. 
And you're welcome. And I think it goes back to core value number eight, right? It's committed to dominate daily and take initiative. You got to do it. You got to take the initiative to lead and you got to be committed to do it daily. So. Absolutely. Well, we will be back next week with another question and topic episode, and we are really excited to dive into that. So thank you so much again, and we'll talk next week. All right. Thank you, Elena.